0: Imagine flying into a new country, where you don't know the customs, the people, or even the right side of the road to drive on. You've been on a plane for 20 hours, and everything is a little overwhelming. This is the story that we are going to explore on today's episode of The American Life. Welcome to the second episode of This American Life. This is your host, Swaroop. And today we're going to hear from our co-host, Rohan, who is going to tell us about his story of coming to America. Hi, Rohan. Hi, Swaroop. Thank you for that introduction. Ah, so formal. So, do you want to tell people how we met and uh, how you ended up being a co-host on the show? Sure. Uh, About a month and a half ago,
1: Uh, There was a snowstorm in Texas, it was pretty bad, yeah, for that entire week. And as it turned out that me and one of my friends lost all power for that entire week at a place, Swaroop was actually one of the luckier ones in the entire state of Texas who by some hook or crook had power as well as water and internet as well. So we just ended up uh, crashing to his place for the entire week. And that's where the, the conversation started. And uh, Sorup actually brought up the idea of starting this podcast. I found that pretty interesting.
0: And that's what has actually led us to, to starting this. So let's dig a little deeper into your story in the US. Do you want to like, go ahead and tell us about where you went to grad school, because I think that's, that's the beginning of your story, right?
1: Yes, that it is. I was actually in, in California, uh, in San Jose specifically. I did my master's uh, in software engineering from
0: San Jose State University. i heard that a lot of Indians attend that school. So there must be a lot of direct flights coming in from India to San Francisco. Did you take a direct flight or what was your route?
1: So that's an interesting question because, uh, the flight that I took was, was pretty unconventional, but, uh, at that time it, it sounded to be a great option because it gave me the option of directly boarding from my hometown. That's, that's Nagpur and Maharashtra rather than actually going to a, a more uh, populated or a more uh, metropolitan city like Mumbai or Delhi. So I actually took Qatar Airways, and uh, the route essentially was Nagpur to Doha, which is which is the capital of, of of Qatar, and from Doha to San Francisco. That was that was
0: my my route essentially. On the contrary, I-, I took a flight from Mumbai, though. Uh, I took a flight from Mumbai to London and then London to Austin. And that seemed like a good option at that point of time. I had a 17-hour layover in London. So I got to get out of the airport. So I, I think I can count UK as one of the places that I've visited now. But I low-key don't think that it counts. Anyway, like, how was your? what was your layover in Doha? So my layover, layover was, wasn't much actually,
1: it was just a couple of hours and I actually utilized that time to just change flights, uh, you know, just move from one terminal to the other. So a, in that respect, it was pretty, it was a pretty economical use of, of that layover. I didn't really feel, feel like that it was a layover. It was just a good opportunity to actually stretch my legs.
0: But, but uh, wasn't like two hours, like too little bit of time to change your flights did you like have any anxiety there
1: yes i did so you know as you just mentioned that uh two hours is a bit of a cutthroat time to actually change flights especially international flights uh but i think they they planned it pretty well The, the transition happened pretty smoothly like we got off the plane and we were like continuously directed by the Qatar crew that okay this is where you need to go this is where you need to go just had a basic
0: passport check at one of the counters and bang, we were inside the plane. So now you're on your second leg of the flight. So what, what all is like going through your mind? You are reaching close to the US and what kind of expectations are brewing up in your mind right now? To talk about what I actually was thinking, it was it was mostly around,
1: okay, how is the place uh, going to be? How are my roommates going to be? Because I actually didn't meet my my roommates directly. This was a bit of a practice uh, that a lot of Indian students had started, that once you actually get admissions in certain universities uh, via Facebook groups, uh, you can connect and form WhatsApp groups. And via those WhatsApp groups, you can form smaller groups for your roommates or the people that you're going to be studying with or the people that you have common interests with. So that's where the, the origin of friendships happen.
0: I can totally relate to that because um, I think back in 2016, when I got accepted at UT, we had this group of 120, 130 people on WhatsApp, and then cre- we created this Excel sheet and uh, put our names in there and our food styles and all of that stuff. So all of us can find our roommates and all of that stuff. It ended up poorly, like most of the roommate situations did not work out, but yeah. it was a good experiment for sure. Um, but yeah, like, uh, please continue. Like, let's, let's hear about like when you touched down in San Francisco, like how, what, what was your feeling? Like, uh, what was going through your mind there?
1: Yeah. So that was, that was obviously a very surreal feeling as soon as I touched down and I entered into the airport the, the first thing that I was thinking, you know, I don't know if this is something that, that you've heard of, or if, if, even if this is like a phrase that's, that's pretty popular. But there's something called as customs anxiety. That is something that we as immigrants, when you're actually just about to land uh, in the States or even actually uh, come in next, like whenever you come in the next time, uh, you're actually handed a, a slip of paper, which is more about like, declaring whatever stuff you are carrying if if there's something objectionable or if there's something that that we need to be particularly aware about uh stuff like that so i knew that this is the slip uh, that i would probably be uh, submitting to to a customs officer who's going to be uh very serious he's going to be one of the characters that uh, you know, I have grown up watching yeah. in, in all those crime films. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, we,
0: we, we, we have probably like watched a lot of like, you know, movies and all that stuff about, or even read a lot of news about people getting pat, patted down and all that stuff. Even movie stars from India getting patted down here. So yeah, I think I definitely had that anxiety when I was checking in at Austin. But I also read that Austin is one of the most like chill airports with customs and all that. So it was a smooth experience in Austin. Um I don't know like how how smooth or rough it must be in San Francisco given that a lot of Indians come in through that port of entry and uh, yeah like tell tell us about it like how how was it in San Francisco.
1: So uh yes the feeling was pretty much the same that you know I was obviously a bit anxious uh, as to what's going to happen what are the kind of questions I'm going to be asked am I going to leave US uh, stuff like that but uh, it was actually pretty smooth uh, in fact uh, the people uh, who sort of asked me those couple of questions were pretty courteous uh, they ensured that I felt comfortable even though there was like a big group of people who had actually come in through my flight as well as other other flights and most of them obviously being, being Indian students as you mentioned uh, having so many people in there also ensured that i could actually team up with with a couple of uh my my eventual batchmates to you know catch a shuttle ride back to back to san jose
0: now is that like a thing you that you read that you, if you if you get out of san francisco airport you need to catch a shuttle because most of us go through like an instruction process that others have compiled for us and uh so like, was it the thing like you, you have to take a shuttle from the San Francisco airport to San Jose?
1: Yes. So it, it is a pretty common practice, uh, especially when you actually come in for the first time and especially when you don't actually have anybody who's who's going to come to pick you up or to drop you off. So a lot of people actually use that. So I did know about it before, before entering the States. I had read about it uh, and... I was obviously planning to take a, take a individual ride as just, just me, my luggage and that one big shuttle, but you know, we are Indians, right? And being a student, uh, you just make that calculation quickly that, okay, if we are two or three of us and there's not a lot of luggage, we can probably, you know, like go about our way sharing that ride. So that, that rent sort of gets shared. So that was the idea behind it. That's it. Like we just decided, uh, three of us actually came out mm-hmm. of customs. We came out of the, the main airport and, uh, got hold of a shuttle. Now here's something that I actually did not anticipate. The guy who actually drove that shuttle, he, he told us that, okay, this is the amount that I'm going to be charging you guys. Let's say that's X and I'll, I'll probably, come back to whatever happened uh, during that ride or whatever it was that I was thinking during that ride. But what happened eventually was that when the ride actually ended, this person made that X amount to be X plus something. So he basically increased his, 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 his price. And when we asked him, you know, uh, when we tried to bargain with him, he just said that, Oh, like I wasn't expecting uh, to carry like more than two people and like you are three people and you had so much luggage and you know, the, the usual stuff and you like, I need, I had to drop you at different places, even though it was the same city, I had to drop you here, I had to drop you there. So I need that amount. And as luck would have it, I was the last one to get off it. So I had to actually pay that, that extra amount. And that just meant that I had just like
0: $5 left now so that's that so so like the the shuttle driver just assumed that you knew the other guys and just charged you that that's so shitty i think so i mean
1: he he didn't really like give much of an explanation he's like this is it like you have to uh give this amount so i can't say that it's something that uh that like i'm not used to because we we do have similar uh, situations like these back in India, but yeah, it it was it was slightly surprising, but I didn't make too much out of it because I was already thinking about getting off and then eventually going going to my
0: place. So uh, what what was your plan like? Like what what did you figure out before coming to the U.S. coming to the states that you get to the airport and you'll take this shuttle. Did you already have a lease signed for an apartment or were you planning to sign a lease after coming to the US? Like, what was your plan like? This WhatsApp group that I mentioned about uh, with my roommates.
1: So we had actually planned out everything in that. Like we had selected the apartments. We had taken reviews from our from our friends as to how the apartments are, uh, you know, closed in on one of the apartments got the lease signed everything was done so the the place was essentially ready for us to enter and crash uh, it's just that at that point of time uh, i wasn't the main sort of uh, key holder if i may say so so i didn't have access to that apartment like uh, the the understanding was that one of my roommates would be reaching to the states before me and he would gain access to it uh, and then like subsequently all of us would would come, come in the following day. So I was the second person, I was supposed to be the second person to reach there.
0: Rohan arrived in San Jose expecting a smooth entry to his new home where he could rest after his long journey. But when he arrived, he realized that he had received a message from one of his new flatmates, the one holding the keys to the apartment. That guy had missed his flight and now Rohan didn't have any access. Time for a short break and when we return, we will see how Rohan resolves his little issue. So you reached this place where you're supposed to stay. You don't have the keys to your apartment and you are just there in front of the building, just staring at it. Like what time was it in the day?
1: So this was around nine or 9.30 p.m. in the night. And uh, like, because because I entered uh, sometime around in January, it was obviously very chilly. I just got off. Uh, that's that's the point wherein you take out your phone and try and search for public Wi-Fi networks. So that's what I did because I wasn't getting any network inside the shuttle for some reason. And as soon as I catch some network and open up my, my WhatsApp, I see that uh, this guy who was supposed to reach before me, the first one, he was actually stuck in Newark because he missed his flight and you mean newark new jersey yes okay so he he just dropped that message that guys i'm i'm stuck here and i'm going to be coming now by tomorrow afternoon what that meant for me was i don't have a place to stay for that entire night as well as uh the first half of the next day and uh, Yeah. So that, that is, that is when it hit me that, okay,
0: uh, welcome, welcome to the States. So you were just, you felt stranded right there, like looking for help or did you like frantically try to talk to other people, the leasing agent, someone, someone who could help? What did you do in that situation?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you, you actually framed it pretty uh, accurately that I was I was stranded and the fact that the place was right in the heart of, of downtown San Jose. And we know with downtowns, right? It's, it's not supposed to be a quiet place. And given the situation I was in and all the thoughts that I was getting in my head that what's going to happen, now what am I going to do? Uh, it was all the more noisier. So uh and this was probably a period of a couple of minutes uh wherein i was just trying to uh you know like figure out what my next step should be i uh, just looked around my my apartment as to where where is it that i can try and enter uh in or probably meet someone that can probably give me more information and as it turns out that uh i just saw a familiar face uh, just right across the, the block I was standing towards towards one of the entries into my apartment. And I just realized uh that okay, I think he is someone that I did talk to for a brief period of time before coming here. So he was actually one of my uh seniors, if I may say so. Uh somebody who was like a couple of semesters ahead uh in in San Jose State uh from from my batch. Uh and I just just went up to him uh, and, and, and
0: like told him my situation. So you just walked up to this almost stranger who you just met on maybe LinkedIn or Facebook, somewhere like on the internet. And you chatted up with this guy like a long while ago and you just walked up to this person to ask for help? Yes,
1: that is what happened essentially. And I just walked up to this person. Now, I actually... Want to be uh, stressing on this conversation a bit because I remember it very, very distinctively. I think it's it must have been almost three to four years now, but I remember that conversation well. So I must have taken a minute to explain him that okay, this is what has happened. I reached at at this time. Uh, this is what has conspired in 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 that time period, and I don't like. I don't think that my tone or whatever I said, uh, was, was a, was a cry for help. I was just explaining him the situation and without me categorically asking him or, you know, just like expecting that, that expecting anything from him. He just, he just understood it. He just had a smile on his face and he was like, okay, first relax. Don't worry so much. Just pick up your stuff. Uh, Let me pick some of your stuff and feel free, like just come to my place, stay at my place, uh, crash at my place for the night and we'll figure everything
0: out in the morning. Uh, Seems like you have a pattern with crashing at people's places, huh? So you just like took took up that offer without worrying about spending time at a stranger's place Were you like feeling desperate that you needed to find some like place to sleep or was it more of a trust thing that you just completely trusted this person? What what was going through your mind at that point of time?
1: Yeah, so I think general wisdom says that you obviously shouldn't be doing something like that. Uh, it's it's just been some person that I, I, I maybe talked like a couple of times via, via WhatsApp. And now I'm actually going to be staying at his place for the night. So that was one aspect. That was one side of my brain. And the other side was that uh you are like 5000 miles away from your home country and this guy is from your home country and he's readily asked you to not worry about anything also he's your senior so it was just sort of a trade off between those two things that what is it that i should i should pick for and like Given my situation and given that everything happened so quickly, uh, honestly, I didn't, I did not make that decision. I just went with the flow.
0: So you just picked up your luggage and this guy helped you with your stuff. You get to this apartment. What was your reaction? Like, wh- how did it feel when you're like entering this apartment, which is not yours and you are probably like tired from the journey, very hungry and, uh, what was going through your mind when you entered there? What did you see there? Like give us like a little bit of a visual into that apartment.
1: I'm glad you asked that because, uh, even though this apartment is, is not just at the heart of, of downtown San Jose, but the heart of Silicon Valley, essentially like the Bay area that, that we know it as. Uh, so I actually don't really need to mention, uh, the, the the cost around around living at, at such places it's it's obviously extremely high. But the fact that this was a place just across the street uh, from a state university which actually boasted educating so many immigrants uh, from from especially from from the from the Asian countries. Uh, you could just have a sense, just just looking around in that complex, that uh, this is definitely a place where a lot of students uh, are staying. Uh, all these apartments are are definitely uh, being filled by a lot of students because you know you at one end of of that complex you could hear some music, and at the other end of it. Uh, you could see that the lights have been completely switched off. So that's that's where your uh, you know that's where your spectrum of grades come in. you can you can entirely like you can you can you can see that entire uh, spectrum of student life just by looking at that visual And you know just just the way the apartments were designed uh, they weren't necessarily tacky, but they were they were designed in a way, that uses space very very economically so that uh you know more and more people could probably be be potent so i think the people who who own that place uh, obviously knew that uh, 90% of of their of their residents are going to be students and a lot of them so you you could actually get that sense just just by 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 you know, looking up and
0: looking at at those stories. That reminds me of West Campus so much. It's always loud, always filled with students. And I don't think any regular people live there. It's all students there. And I can completely imagine like how it must have been um, for you there. So did you aim straight for the bed? Or did you grab some water? Or did you get some food? What was your first action when you entered that apartment?
1: So I was actually lucky enough to actually uh, get home-cooked parathas. One of the persons actually had like relatives staying there in in Bay Area and had just uh, come back from a visit, from a short visit from that
0: place and obviously had brought home-cooked food. Well, that was a stroke of luck. So did you explain your situation to this guy as well? I just uh, like just the same thing what i told uh
1: my friend who actually brought me in i just told them explain my situation they did not ask me anything i think they they could clearly see that uh this guy you know can actually if if i push him to the wall he's just going to sleep in in that situation also so they understood that and they were like okay you know go go down like just just have a good sleep we'll probably probably talk the next day
0: so uh, where were your other like, you know, future roommates by that point of time. One guy was stuck in New York. What about the other ones? So the other ones were
1: actually about to land that night, or I should say early morning the next day. Uh, they were still in flight. Uh, the important thing was that they weren't there. They weren't there in San Jose. They weren't there in San Francisco. They weren't there anywhere in the Bay Area.
0: That That's a little scary. Now since you are at this person's place you must have had some wi-fi now like were you explaining the situation at home or did you just tell them that everything's fine and not to worry like which approach did you take
1: i obviously had a flurry of messages from from my uh parents and my other relatives just inquiring as to where was i and if i'd reached safely or not uh I obviously didn't explain them that entire situation at that time because I had no energy to do that. I just uh, let them know that I was safe and uh, I had reached safely and I was, I was at a good place. So once I did that, uh, the conversation naturally went towards uh, where should I go and, you know, crash myself. Uh, so this Person uh, who again like brought me in was was generous enough to suggest that uh, you could probably go downstairs because there's going to be less noise in there. So it was a duplex sort of an apartment wherein uh, at the top level wherein you enter, you have the kitchen as well as your living room where most of the people were studying or you know maybe having fun. Uh, I actually don't really remember it to be honest. So. Uh, he just said that just go downstairs there's just one guy there. he's actually working so it's quiet uh pick up whatever spot you want to and just just go off to sleep. you're very tired. Uh, I went so I just I just went downstairs uh, and this is what I practically did. I was wearing this thick jacket which I just bought before leaving uh for the states of Ob- like obviously for the for the for the weather that you have in in San Jose. Uh, the winters that that I was about to face. I just removed this jacket, uh, made it a headrest, sat down on the carpet itself, like not even on the couch or on the bed, even though both of them were were vacant. Uh, I just sat down there, introduced myself to this other roommate and just rested my head on that jacket and slept off. And I don't remember anything after
0: that like I I just woke up directly the next day. I mean, the jet lag is a real killer. I think I slept for like 18 hours when I came in and I had to go for a lot of shopping and all that stuff with my brother. But then I just slept for 18 hours. It was intense. So I can completely feel your, you know, tiredness at that point of time. And more so with the anxiety that you had with not having your own apartment yet.
1: Yeah, so... There was obviously the element of having jet lag and being sleep deprived. But as you mentioned that uh, also the anxiety and a bit of stress uh, because of that situation. And I don't know, like just before sleeping, I also felt this sense of, uh, you know, I won't say discomfort, but just a sense of that uh, this is definitely not how I imagined you know, my first experience, uh, in the States to be, and like, you know, there's a sense of, uh, not being able to control, uh, that situation. It was just about like, okay, just take what you get. And, uh, that's like, that's, that was my last thought before I actually slept.
0: Now, the next day your roommate must have arrived. So how was your reaction after seeing him? Were you like gleeful or were you like by that point of time, like so out of it, that you did not even have a reaction like how was it?
1: I was obviously happy uh, when I actually uh, saw them the next day and we eventually entered into our own apartment but like I think even on the second day I was obviously tired I was still tired but this was this was my like for my roommates this was their first day so they were also they were much more uh, tired than I was so we actually didn't really uh, talk too much. We just uh, kept our luggage in. We just did a quick check of the apartment just to ensure everything is in order, everything is fine, everything is in the way we expected it to be, and just just slept. You know, again, like we didn't obviously we didn't have any any spring spring beds or anything like that to sleep on. So we like whatever carpet that we had uh, on in inside those rooms. Like we just made thin bed sheets. Uh, a bed
0: out of that and just slept off that that also like binds into the same grad school life you know experience that most most of us have They're like coming into a new place like and ordering a mattress on amazon, the cheapest one available, but it'll take take you like three or four days to reach there so in the meanwhile you just sleep on a bed sheet on a carpet floor or on a wooden floor even we had a wooden floor apartment and we slept on that using just a duvet i think for comfort yeah it must have been a an adventure of sorts when you like go through this in your initial days um in a new country uh what was your overall like learning from all of this i think
1: it's it's part of a natural cycle that a lot of us go through. So uh the one underlying sort of uh message or learning I would say that I actually got from that experience uh was was just just to just to pass this this on. You know, like uh if I am ever in a situation wherein I can see that there's somebody who who needs who clearly needs help even for a short period of time or like in a temporary situation and they aren't in a position to help themselves, just, just the privilege that you have of having spent, uh, more time than them over here in the States. And if it's in your power, uh, just help them, you know, just, uh, just make things easier for them. So it's, it's funny that I, I don't, I don't know this person, but uh, I never got to know this person, but with time, I actually realized that this is this is something that happens, and this is something that should be continued. Even though uh, I must add that uh, a lot of these these situations and a lot of these these helpings are, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, transactional. But the good thing is
0: that not not all of them are like that. And I think that really is the grounding point for both of our initial stories here, as well as the experiences of many others who have come to this land. It can be an unsettling and overwhelming experience, but there are always people who are willing to help you navigate this new world. In reality, you are really never stranded. That's all for our second episode of This American Life. See you on the next episode. This episode has been hosted by me, Swarup Sahu and Rohan Acharya. It has been written and produced by Alejandra Muniz and edited by me, Swaroop Sahu.